With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Will Chase, joined tonight by Eric Seeds. What's up, Seeds? Cole Caulfield ha- doesn't have a point yet. We should probably uh, trade for a fir- trade him for a first. Send us send him this way, Montreal. Yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. And making his Cannon Cast debut, Dale Bloom. What's up? A new writer with the Cannon. How have you liked it so far? It's been great so far, having a lot of fun. I'm hoping that I last more than 10 seconds like the Blue Jackets did last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're, I think you're safe there. Um, I recapped that game, and eh, I mean, whatever. We got we got through it. I got through it. We all got through it. Honestly, they, they always play Tampa Bay. I mean, even though they're getting destroyed on the shot clock and all that stuff, they were still somehow actually able to go to overtime. They always play Tampa Bay kind of tough, but anyway... Uh, we'll get into this. It's the theme of, that's the theme of this stretch run, right? Getting yeah. through it. Yep, basically. That's basically it. So, yeah, I, so I wanted to actually start off with uh, Yarmo Kikalainen was on the Two Man Advantage podcast recently. He had some interesting comments, such as attracting players to Columbus. More importantly, or I think more interesting, uh, the interactions with Torts. And he didn't even necessarily agree with the punishment for Patrick Line, but I mean, I get it. There's always going to be a back and forth between management, coaching, coaching staff. They obviously have a respect for the other, um, and we'll get into a little bit more of it. But in general, you know, I think it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't think any of us expects Torts back next year, but and I think Twitter. I don't know if Yarmo would be saying this regardless, but I almost kind of feel like without tipping his hand, he's kind of implying like, yeah, we don't always agree on stuff, which is normal and healthy, but. At this point, it's kind of like, well, he's not going to be back most likely anyway. He can kind of say this stuff, I guess, right? My my takeaway from that is, first of all, neither of them wants to take responsibility for why Andrew Peake is out of the lineup, which is mind-bogglingly insane to me. Yeah. 
I mean, there's six games to go. This team has been mathematically eliminated since last Thursday. And you are just not playing someone who is projected based on roster composition, pending free agent moves, uh, the impending negotiations with Seth Jones. Like Andrew Peak is probably going to be playing top four minutes for this roster this year. And he's played something like nine games in the last 14 months or something ridiculous. Like I, I fundamentally do not understand this team's development process. You know, if you, if you want to find out what you have in Gavin Bayruther or, you know, Miko Lettinen or Michael Delzato, whatever, but like to do that at the expense of someone who is not only expected to be on this roster next year, but to contribute in a mighty way is just mind boggling. And John Tortorella said, you know, we've seen what we need to see from peak, uh, and, Yarmo hasn't made any pushes and Yarmo said like I don't dictate the lineups Tortorella he's allowed to decide but it's like so so that is both of you just passing the buck and saying I'm not doing you know it's not my fault that Peak isn't in the lineup and it's not my fault that Peak isn't it's it's just a greater we're basically just playing up a string here but we're trying to do it in such a way that there is you know, there's no accountability for anything that happens on the ice. There's no accountability for the lineup decisions. The coaching staff is going through the motions. The players are going through the motions. The only one who seems to actually give a damn out there on the ice is Elvis. And he, uh, given given his passionate speech post-game the night, that I, I felt bad for the guy that he can't will this team to win, you know, because giving up one goal is a death sentence given how awful the forwards have been, how awful the offense has been. It's just so incredibly frustrating to watch this team on a night in night out basis. Like, yeah, they played well. They play well against the lightning, but they're like two 13 and two in their last 17 games. And somehow those two wins have come against the lightning, but they smoke. They've gotten, yeah. Yay. But they've gotten <laughs> smoked by Nashville this season. They've got, they got beat twice by Detroit. Chicago's had this team's number Florida in Carolina obliterated this team. My, my big takeaway from this season is we were supposed to, a lot of people, not me, projected the Blue Jackets to be a playoff team this season. I did, yeah. And this team has 11 wins in regulation this year. 11. Is that bad? That's it's, it's not great. <laughs> it's just so frustrating <laughs> to see this team. That, you know, I, I recognize they probably didn't have – they obviously didn't have the talent to compete for a Stanley Cup this season. But this team just folds at the first sign of pressure. This team now has a longer unbeaten streak. You mean winless right streak? Right this second as we record this podcast than it did when they fired Todd Richards and hired John Tortorella in the first place. Remember, they fired they fired uh, Richards after 0-7. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're, we're 0-7-2 right now. We've got two mercy points in there. So I guess Torts was worth two points. In in the long run, it's just it's just so incredibly frustrating to see issues that we've talked about on a night in night out basis continue to crop up. And even as this era is mercifully coming to an end, you don't see anything being done to change it. And I'm just so frustrated and cannot wait for this to be over. And hopefully there's a new coaching staff next season. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is if you kind of look at Yarmo Kekalainen, um, he's not the type of guy to 
let anything out that he doesn't want out. You know, we've seen it with with trades. We've seen it with negotiations. Um, this is a guy that throughout his history with the Blue Jackets has been very tight-lipped. Um, he, he runs a tight ship um, in Columbus. And for him to come out and say some of the comments that he did, I thought was very telling and very interesting. Um, you know, he made some pretty poignant points about his conversations with torts after the games. Um, he said that he had heated conversations with Tortorella when it comes to lineup and roster decisions. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he went on, he complimented torts and he said some good things about him and, um, you know, that's his job. But to me, there's a huge disconnect between the front office and the coach. Um, and it's been that way since day, day one, this season. Um, and who knows what that has looked like prior to this season. You look at someone like Andrew Peake, um, like Seeds was talking about. You have Yarmo Kaikalainen saying that, um, well, Torts is the one that's keeping Peake out of the lineup. Right after, you know, Porty essentially gets a quote from Torts saying that um, I am the one, or Yarmo is dictating the the lineups. And, you know, if these two guys aren't on the same page, if we're not seeing players that are the future in Columbus play, um, then why is Torts still the coach? You know, there is several opportunities earlier in the season to fire him. Um, you know, you get you get walloped in Detroit. Earlier in the season, you have Dubois leave. Um, he benches Line, which on the podcast, Yarma says that he disagrees with with Tortorella on the punishment for Line. So why in the world Torts is still the coach here? I I don't know. Um, he should have been fired a long time ago. Yeah, I feel like I I I, I don't know who I was talking about this with or. Maybe it was my dad. I don't remember. But I just remember thinking, like, I bet one reason they didn't fire Torts, other than Kikalainen giving him the vote of confidence and he doesn't want to go back and do it now or whatever. And at this point, the season's almost over. And we can, you know, we can talk about whether or not whether or not they could have saved anything by doing it sooner. But I bet you part of it's pandemic related and they don't want to pay another coach or whatever, whatever that, however that would work. Anyone who listens to this pod, anyone who has read my writing at the Canon for a long time knows I'm not the biggest fan of John Tortorella. I think his coaching style is outdated, but you like, look at a team like the Buffalo Sabres. They fired a, a coach clearly in over his head who was a wrong fit for that roster when they had to, like at, at that point, the Sabres had to fire Ralph Kruger. And now, suddenly, the Buffalo Sabres have not only won some games, they have a better goal differential than the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, we are we are slowly slipping down to Buffalo-level bad. And the Sabres, like, the Sabres lost 18 games. They, they had an unbeaten streak, of, or a, a winless streak, I guess, of 18 yeah. games in a row. And we're about halfway there. And the only reason we can't actually catch them is the season will end first. Um, it's just, fr- but, like, the Sabres... Since getting rid of Kruger, try you know you feel like they're more engaged on the ice. They're winning more games. They're playing a little freer now. They're not playing for some guy who's jumping down their throat for every little mistake. Wouldn't that have been nice when Columbus was had a, in in playoff contention? You remember this team was fourth in the this team was fourth in the division at one point at, during the vote of confidence, and then all of a sudden we had to stick with John Tortorella, and now we've got this mess. It's just. It's frustrating to see other teams take advantage of their windows. It's frustrating to see Columbus sit on their hands and not or and refuse to make a tough decision for financial reasons or whatever. And it's just it, it is infuriating that this team, whenever presented with an opportunity outside of the Matt Duchesne trade, 
and the Artemi Panarin trade consistently makes the wrong choice. They, they, for the last seven, eight years, they just consistently do things to shoot themselves in the foot. They, they play hardball with restricted free agents. They, you know, overpay for what, you know, unrestricted free agents. Then they end up overpaying Vegas to take William Carlson so they can protect Jonas Corposalo, uh, Josh Anderson, and Alexander Winberg. Two of those three guys not here anymore. It's just so frustrating to see this front office, consi- this front office and this organization consistently make poor decisions. And I'm just. The Anderson thing, I mean, that's different. He was, he was good. They apparently tried to keep him long term. Yarma was talking about that, but yeah, I get your point. But but the but the end of the day, those guys aren't here anymore, right? But you know, but like Garma was saying, well, not to get off topic, but you know, we don't really know what the extent of the talks were with Anderson. Apparently, they thought they had a deal that would have paid him more money than if he had, you know, with the Canadian taxes and everything. You know, if a guy wants to go to a big city, that's there's not much you could do there. I just remain, I just remain frustrated at how this organization seems to at every point shoot itself in the foot. And it's just, they had an opportunity to rid themselves of a guy who seems like players hate him. Fans are frustrated. The team has clearly, he's clearly lost the room. He's basically admitted as much in press conferences. You had a chance to rid yourself of him and you didn't. And it's just, I long, like I, I realize there's only six games left in this season. So I'm, saying I long for the season to end, but I long for the season to end because I am tired of watching John Tortorella run the team that I care about into the ground. I will say that, I mean, Torts did in Columbus what I figured. He brought a certain expectation, respectability, playoffs. Now, of course, yeah, we want to, it's time to get beyond just the first round. And in this case, we're not even going to be in the first round. I've got, I've got a trivia question for you guys. Can both of you, can either, I'm going to ask you both. Do either of you know how many times John Tortorella has been beyond the second round in his coaching career? Yeah, I remember that one year with the Rangers back in 12. Twice. Tampa Bay, at least. That's my vote. Dale is correct. The answer is two. The year he won the Stanley Cup and the year he <laughs> lost the Stanley Cup. Right? The no, only two times John Torrell has been beyond the second round as a head coach in the NHL, regardless of talent, regardless of power play, regardless of roster composition. He has been to, he has been to the conference finals twice in 20 years as an NHL head coach. I wonder if Tortorella will be a Hall of Famer, at least because of the wins. I mean, at least U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. I think he will be. Um, if you just simply look at the American wins, he won a Stanley Cup. He's been Jack Adams yeah. twice. I think there's no question he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I would, I would agree. He will be in the NHL Hall, of, or he will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame for wins. Jack Adams, yeah, he'll be in. The, the Hockey Hall of Fame, like geek, geek, they like Geek Harbino <laughs> in. They'll let anyone in. As you guys were saying about the uh, Andrew Peak article in the Athletic, you know we're not seeing guys like Peak play. Tor- so what, what? When I was reading that article, what what was going through my mind was, like Yarmo was apparently saying, you know, this is a coaching decision. Now I get it. He's going to let his coaches set the lineup. He's not going to interfere and all that, even if he doesn't really probably agree with who's playing. But on the other hand, we're at the end of the season. If Torch isn't going to be back next year, it's kind of like, well, why does Torch care if Peak plays or not? He's not going to be here to see this guy, you know, continue to develop. Uh, Yarmo, on the other hand, made it. He was like, you know, I have no worry about Peak. Defensemen take a little bit longer to, to develop and all that. But it does seem kind of weird, like, you know, what are we doing with Peak or, 
you know, Liam Food, who was also mentioned in that article. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of young guys. You know, you're curious about utilization lineups, especially at this point in the year, potentially, or not, I mean, potentially a lost season, a lottery year. Me and Dale were talking right before this podcast recording seeds that it's like at this point, not that we're rooting for losses, but, you know, draft lottery. I mean, it is what it is. Don't hurt. Right, exactly. If you make it in overtime, you better win. <laughs> I know, right? Right, right. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna at least get the loser point, you might as well at least send the fans home happy, you know? Or or I guess if they were in Tampa, send send them home miserable. Like, you know, I I think what's interesting about the I think what's interesting about the whole um, peak situation and the whole lineup situation is, you know, Aaron Portsline made a comment earlier this season that kind of made ripples throughout the hockey community in general and especially on on the canon. You know, he said that. Maybe or maybe uh, um, Tortorella is trying to get fired, and that was kind of a, a weird yeah, comment that. at yeah. the time. But what in the world is he doing right now? I mean, you're a lame duck coach. You're not going to be back next year. The season is lost. What? Why can't you give the GM the courtesy of playing the guys that he wants to see? You know, instead he's rolling guys out there that are 30, 32 year old AHLers. Um, and you're you're not playing Peak, who, like Siege was talking about earlier, is projected to be the second pairing next year with probably Gavrikov. Um, so what in the world is he doing? Why can't he give Yarma the courtesy of letting him make the lineup decisions? Um, seems like he's being stubborn. I don't know if there's any sort of animosity there. Um, maybe Torst didn't want to come back this year. Um, you know, maybe... Maybe so. I mean, honestly, how do you fire a coach that just took your team to the playoffs, right? You know, we could we talk about how you could have fired him earlier this season, but doing what he did last year at the end of the playoffs and taking out Toronto in that um, that qualifier round, um, and then going on to play Tampa Bay, you know, you, you can't really fire Torts after that. But um, maybe Yarmo didn't want to have him back. Maybe Torts didn't want to come back. Maybe they came into the season just. Um, being a mess anyway. And kind of another thing that I wanted to touch on too was I think in the NHL, um, and I don't really know how it is around any other leagues uh, in the major leagues, but in the NHL, there seems to be this kind of expectation that the players shouldn't be affected by any of this stuff, that they just, their job is to go out in the ice, their job is to play and their job is to not worry about what else is going on. But there's no way uh, that kind of rift between the front office and the coach isn't affecting the players. It's affecting morale and the attitude on the ice. And, you know, we talked about how guys like Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski struggled at the beginning of the year. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out. Um, so, you know, what's going on in that locker room? Yeah, that, that's where I yeah. was going to go. What's going on in the ball. locker room? The, the players know what's going on better than anybody else does. Right. To the to this day, we don't know why Dubois wanted out. So, some, something happened between – there was something that obviously went down because he – it was reported last summer that he bought a condo downtown and then he all of a sudden is like, I, you have to get me the hell out of here to the point that he was just visibly loafing through shifts. Like it – Something happened. There's something. Something ails this roster or this locker room, and we don't know what it is. But there's something here. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. I think it was PD that said, uh, you know, perhaps other GMs got to PLD about wanting out during the restricted free agency. I don't know. I have no idea. But you know what? I will say this, too. I am super into the Nick Foligno PLD (laughs) rivalry or whatever that's probably going to be brewing. And I will say this. As much crap as I gave Foligno, the guy is so stand up. Great guy. He's a good player. I, I, I almost want to root for Toronto because I want to see Felino win now. I think I'm actually going to root for Florida, not to get off topic again. But uh, but I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I do feel like the Jackets probably do miss Felino's leadership right now, even if it's you know going down the tubes. It's just you know he brought his all. You know he's got. I think he's got two assists in two games right. for Toronto now, right? Yeah, yeah. At least at least Felino like cared on a night to night shift on the ice like you know he, he wasn't afraid to throw his body around and throw a check and yeah you know did, did i complain about his usage yeah i did but it's not his fault he's getting thrown out there 19 1930 a night like at least he cares to get out there and he you know when he's out there he's doing what he can to contribute to a win on the ice i it's more than i can say about guys like you know cam atkinson and uh players like that like I, i've been so disappointed with cam this season from from the jump it's just it's just frustrating it's a it's 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 an you know credit this is where i have to credit john tortorella because this is a new feeling for blue jackets fans for the last four or five years yeah. we're not used to this down the stretch where this team is just playing out the string and looks terrible like you know he's he's at least had he's at least had them playing meaningful games down the stretch. You know might might they have underperformed given the talent levels sometimes? Sure, but at least they were like competing for playoff spots. They were competing for the bubble. They were competing for you know seeding down the stretch. Two years ago, right now they were playing Boston in that series. <laughs> it's it's just frustrating that this it's it's frustrating that it's come to this. You know, we we a lot of a lot of fans thought that when this ended, it wasn't going to end pretty, and it isn't. It just isn't. But you know, here we are. It's just. I hope a lot of changes are made in the off season. I hope we can find a new coaching staff, maybe a more player friendly one, maybe a more open, offensively one. I, you know, something maybe maybe we can find a coach that runs something like a Colorado offensive scheme something a little more freewheeling and offensively free that still lets the defenseman take advantage and um while still being responsible i'm just it's frustrating with six games left that the team just seems to have checked out and there's only a couple guys who seem to be engaged on a on a uh, shift to shift basis that's that's my big takeaway from this of the six games left how much do you think do you guys think this team wins i'm going with none none they don't beat Detroit Uh, at all 
Detroit is four, three and three in their last 10. Um, you know, they've been playing well, they are down Larkin. Um, so, you know, that's a big disadvantage for them, but they've been playing, you know, decent hockey. Um, and just the way the blue jackets are playing the way they've played everybody, you know, besides the lightning this season, you know, it's hard to imagine, um, it's hard to imagine them, you know, you know, maybe they pull off, um, a win, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that it's not possible, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm going with none, no more wins for the rest of the season. What do you think seeds? I'm giving them one win against the Detroit Red Wings. Actually, no, I lied. That's <laughs> they're gonna beat they're they're gonna beat Carolina because this team makes literally no sense. Right? Yeah, of course. That's probably true. They probably or they'll beat Nashville, who they haven't beaten all year. Right. Or except like once. Right. They're gonna they're gonna beat like Carolina time. or they're gonna beat like Carolina or Nashville. They're gonna they're they're gonna lose both to Detroit and they're going to lose all three of their games to Detroit and they're going to be Carolina and Nashville or something. They're they'll go they'll like do whatever it takes to, you know, not finish second to last or, or whatever. Here's what they're going to do. The fifth pick in the draft is going to uh, win the lottery and they're going to do just enough to finish sixth. <laughs> yeah. That's what's yes. going to happen. Apparently the NHL will be on TNT like the second was it the second TV package next season uh, after ESPN, of course. So what did you guys think about that? The NHL on TNT? It's going to be weird. Um, I'm not a big fan of NBC's broadcast, to be honest. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's bland outside of their top guys. I've never really enjoyed watching it too much, um, but I, I think it's going to be odd to be on TNT and ESPN. You know, hopefully it grows the market. It grows the market share for the NHL, um, you know, being on the same station as, as all the other major, the major leagues. But, you know, from my standard standpoint, it doesn't make that big of a deal. You know, as much as I, I miss being in Columbus, I get to have NHL.TV um, and I get to not have to worry about all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> it's the, the pro is it's going to double the TV income. Uh, income is supposed to, is projected to go from, 300 million a year to 625 million a year. So I really look forward to whatever stupid contracts NHL GMs uh, decide to hand out when uh, the cap jumps. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Maybe to increase the Blue Jackets marketing budget. Yay. Maybe, maybe we can have <laughs> one single billboard in Columbus. No, I really, I really look forward to what, RFA money. <laughs> I really look forward to um, games that are more accessible Games that are more, at least being on ESPN, they'll be more covered by, you know, the legitimate biggest sports aggregator in the country. They will be on a network that is currently known for it, one of the best studio shows in sports with Inside the NBA. Hopefully they can cover, hopefully they can find similar talent uh, to fill that spot for the NHL, not employ Pierre Maguire and who knows uh, who I don't care about his encyclopedic knowledge of Shattuck St. Mary's. I look forward to a a lot of different voices in the NHL. That will be really cool. The money in the money influ influx will be really cool. Can I say that I am all in for Shaq and Barkley? doing NHL games. Yeah, give me give me give me Charles Barkley talking about how uh Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl don't play enough defense. Like <laughs> yes, please. how do I how do I subscribe to that? <laughs>
Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about. Like, on the one hand, you have the whole NBA brand on TNT, the uh, inside the NBA and all that. But on the other hand, it might be like TNT might be thinking, well, we have the NBA, so the NHL, whatever they give us, great. But I'm excited. I think it could be a good thing. But yeah, NBC was a great success coming out of the lockout. You know, you had the Winter Classic. You had Doc Emmerich. You had a lot of good things that NBC brought help get the sport kind of back on it on its on its uh, foot so to speak so you know we'll see how uh how this impacts the future going forward i i wonder if as a result of nbc no longer having financial you know financial stake in the national tv market i wonder if we will get fewer games on national tv of the blackhawks and the flyers I wonder if, you know, they will more they will be more equitable around the league. I'm not saying, you know, you need to give this Blue Jackets organization five, six games a night, you know, considering we just went over national TV this year. Four. But you know, yeah. maybe give some to organizations like obviously Seattle's gonna get some. I'm sure Vegas will, uh, Colorado, but just you know, Nashville deserves some. That's a cool atmosphere. Give some to Tampa, they're cool. Give some to the stars. That's a fun arena with some fun fans. Just like, you know, don't give five teams 20 to 23 national television games. Like, spread that wealth around and see if you can not just... My, my, my biggest pet peeve with a lot of NHL fans is that they are fans of their team and not the league. Like, there's, been, there's a lot of good hockey to watch around the league if this league could market itself correctly Mm. and like i want to see a lot of teams get that national presence so that you know the cash the the fan of you know say say you're just a strict fan of the columbus blue jackets well maybe you tune in to see like matthews versus mckinnon one night that's a cool matchup like check that out because you're gonna see some cool stuff like i i really just want to see a lot of people exposed to more teams and just you know Realize that, you know, your, your team is cool, but there's a lot of other cool stuff to see in the league. That's like me with the NFL. Like, I have a team, but I'm almost more of just a fan of watching all the games I can versus just one. Because, you know, with the NFL, it's just like whatever's on, I'm going to watch it. All right. these games, all like, these like teams. Like the NFL, you know, you know I'm a, I'm a Rams fan, but I'm going to watch whatever Sunday night game is on because generally the Sunday night game is cool unless it involves the Dallas Cowboys. So... Better than Monday night. Kind of what C's was saying, there's going to be a lot of games on ESPN Plus, um, which, you know, a lot of people have access to now. So, you know. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is, that is very cool. That, you know, they've got the NHL will be on ESPN Plus because a lot of, I know a lot of people who subscribe to get the Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, uh, Hulu bundle, like, you automatically get the NHL out of market games next year by signing up for that. Like, that's really cool. Like, yeah, you wanted to sign up and see Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but guess what? And now you're going to get to see Connor McDavid three nights a week. Like that, that kicks ass. Like, like I, as someone like uh, my girlfriend and I, we subscribed to center ice this year just so we could, you know, watch a lot of out of market games. Selfishly, we signed up to watch the Colorado avalanche, but We've watched a lot of hockey this year, and we've seen a lot of cool stuff on a night-in, night-out basis. Like, I cannot recommend enough. Just watch some stuff outside the market and just see how cool this sport is and how cool, like, the rest of the league is. There's so much stuff to enjoy on a nightly basis. Also, also your boy is playing for his fantasy uh, hockey title this week, so... (laughs) 
I was uh, I used to watch like a lot of the sharks, like like the West Coast games, the Kings, the Sharks, you know, teams that you don't always hear or see. But uh, yeah, I have NHL Centerize too, so same same kind of deal. And baseball too, as you can see in my background. Yeah, I wonder what Edzo's gonna. Do. I mean, I know Edzo does Blackhawk games anyway, so I don't know. I mean, he'll probably just do that. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see where some of these guys. I, I know like John Forslund, right, is going to be in Seattle next mm-hmm. year. I was going to say, back in the day, I used to listen to the Blue Jackets on the radio all the time, and uh, George Matthews and Bill Davidge were awesome. I used to uh, email questions in all the time, and Bill Davidge would read them on the radio, but yeah, George Matthews, he was great doing the play-by-play. He was awesome to listen to. So I guess I have a... Uh, my my final thought is not hockey-related, so I'm going to uh, jump topics here. And I just want to speak uh, for a hot second on the Oscars last night. I have... I'm happy with most results. Uh, Nomadland was very good. Uh, every every movie we saw was very good. I'm just uh, heartbroken that obviously uh, everything. I haven't seen The Father. I'm very. I'm not. I'm sad that Chadwick Boseman was not honored when the whole ceremony was very much set up for him to be honored, and that just breaks my heart. It, he's a he was a talent lost too soon. Um, obviously fans may know him as Black Panther. Uh, he was in, he, he was in, uh, he was nominated for, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It just sucks that he was, that the whole ceremony seems set up for him to win and then he didn't. And it was just such a letdown and it's just a talent gone too soon. And I'm very sad that we lost him, but, uh, congratulations to all the winners. Um, movies are dope. I hope we all get to go back to movie theaters this year. And, um, yeah, check out check out movies. Like movies are awesome. Most of the movie, like I watched, I've made a point of seeing a lot of Oscar movies the last few weeks. Uh, Nomadland was good. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was really good. Uh, I've heard Mank is awesome. That's on the list to watch this week. Uh, yeah, it's just movies. Movies kick ass. I hope you guys get a chance to watch them uh, this hockey off season. So do that. Did you have a, a final thought? No, you know how. Let's see how low we can go in these standings. Um, you know, let's get a top five pick, but. You know, I'll work for my team. Hopefully they can get a few victories, but but if not, maybe we get a consolation prize out of it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean I'm not rooting for losses, but you know I'll ask a fi- I'll ask a final question for you too. Do you guys think we use all three first round picks this year? Or do we trade them? Um, I would say they trade at least one. I don't know. I mean, I guess it all depends on do they really like somebody within the top five? If they don't, if they're not too high on anybody in the top five, I could see Yarmo trading that first pick um, and then using the two later picks, um, you know, maybe pick a center. Their D, their D prospects are really thin too. So, you know, I could see them probably wanting to pick a D in the first round too. And they don't have a second round pick. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i curious to see. I said it last night in the Slack. This is like the biggest offseason because potentially new coach, roster, whatever is 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 one of the goal or one of the goalies going to be traded. I mean, who knows? Could be a very different team come October. We're going to have hockey in October as opposed to last year when we had the finals. <laughs> yeah, basically, because uh, the Corpusala went down, uh, probably out for the rest of the year. Yeah, Kivlinix came up and Tarasov went back down. So, I mean, I assume Elvish it's. Well, I don't know. Elvis and whoever will start games, right? The, the remaining six. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, I assume we see Tarasov for a game, but I don't know. Maybe sign Steve yeah, Mason and bring him back for the last six games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think Kiv Lennox will probably see action. I'd love to see Tarasov. 
Um, but yeah, he's going to play in Cleveland until he gets caught up for a game if he does. But um, I don't know. It's going to be Elvis all the way, maybe. But the seats is still laughing. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that will do it for us this week. We had a lot to talk about, and we will catch you all next week. Remember, check us out at jacketscannon.com, at CPJ Cannon on Twitter and Facebook. And we will see how these remaining few games go for the Blue Jackets, and we'll catch you all next week. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelaperley.com for more music and show dates.